0: Welcome to Desirability Alt, where we'll explore the intersections of disability, desire, and alternative relationships. I'm your host, Angela Carr. This podcast is intended for an adult audience who identifies with or is curious about alternative relationships, including kink, BDSM, non-monogamy, total power exchange, and more. This content is not suitable for those under the age of 18. Get ready, listen by yourself, or gather with your partners and enjoy this episode. Welcome back to Desirability Alt. I'd like to give you a content warning for today's episode. In today's episode, I will be using the terms master and slave. I continue using these terms in a BDSM context. I also add that I am white, so I am listening to people of color who are also in long-term total power exchange dynamics to understand their point of view. Here is my personal opinion on the usage of these words in the King community. Slavery in BDSM is not the chattel slavery in American history. Slavery in BDSM is not based on race. Slavery in BDSM is not the same as submissive, as I hope this episode will illustrate. Slavery in BDSM is not forced on anyone and is not ugly. Slavery in BDSM is consensual, and for me, it is beautiful. So for today, I will continue using the terms master and slave. I hope you'll join me in this episode to hear why I call myself a slave and what that means for me. So today we're going to talk about my journey and how I found my role as a slave. I've talked in the past about my relationship with my late husband. Now, I honestly never thought I would meet another life partner again after my husband passed away, but I continued to date and put myself out there. I thought I might have casual sex, have play partners, or sex with friends, but I never thought there would be someone else out there who would want to spend their lives with me. But I didn't close myself off to the possibility. I kept socializing, focusing on making friends, I kept going to munches and staying close to my core group of people. And guess what? I found someone and have been in a happy relationship now for almost five years. And He treats me so good. Better than I ever imagined for myself. He makes me laugh every day. Here's a few things I learned. I learned when I was ready to go back to dating after my husband passed. I couldn't wait for people to come approach me my master was actually someone i already knew from going to munches in a strange way i felt comfort in the fact that this was also someone who my husband knew and respected i ran into him at a couple of munches and we spent more time talking and catching up even at a dungeon we sat there catching up while all this play was going on around us we just sat there talking He was one of the folks who reached out to me while I was taking a short-lived break from life, So we had the beginning of a friendship outside of the lifestyle. So I got brave and I asked him to go to a munch with me. Now this wasn't a date, it was just two friends hanging out at a munch. You know how at most munches people are mingling, moving around and talking with different people? Neither of us moved. We ended up sitting and talking with each other the whole night. Friends noticed our connection we had before we even did. Soon we were invited to a dinner party together. That was the beginning of our relationship. I knew by the time Sir and I got together that I was submissive in the bedroom or a bottom in play But I never thought I was submissive in other ways And I definitely did not think I could ever be a 24-7 slave. We started off as a dominant, submissive couple. This would be my first DS relationship, but I quickly realized it was something I wanted to explore. My first example of this was when I got new flooring in my house. I remember feeling so anxious because I had to make this big household decision. I couldn't decide if I wanted laminate flooring or carpet. Carpet was cheaper. Laminate would look nicer. I couldn't afford hardwood. I worried about the cats messing it up. I made a decision and I went home. I couldn't sleep. I was tossing and turning all night. I woke up and went back to the store to change my mind. I talked to Sir that evening and he said, Go with the laminate. Suddenly, my anxiety just left. I felt at peace with just turning this decision over to him and letting it go. My sir took things slowly with me. I started with referring to him as sir. The initial texts between us were actually pretty funny. It was, yes, please. Yes, please what? Yes, please, sir. And he really took time in observing me and learning about me. Learning about my medical needs as well as my preferences, likes, and dislikes. As far as medical needs, he learned about spina bifida. I started opening up about the more embarrassing parts of spina bifida much sooner than I have in past relationships. He went to my doctor's appointments with me and asked questions. Our initial fears didn't have to do with my disability at all. We both had concerns because I was a recent widow. In the beginning, we went at my pace. Knowing that I was a widow and knowing about my disability, he did not rush me into anything. I went to him when I was ready for play. I went to him when I was ready to have sex. Except when it came to our DS dynamic. He warned me from the beginning That he was looking for a monogamous DS and eventually an MS dynamic. He knew himself well enough to know that was the type of relationship he wanted and that wasn't going to change. There was also a concern that he was monogamous and I was coming from a poly background. He was concerned whether I could make this change. I get asked a lot if I miss being poly. Sometimes I do. I believe poly can work and can be beautiful. It was beautiful when I had it with my husband and his girlfriend. On the other hand, poly for me came with a lot of highs and lows. There seemed to be a lot more poly fuckery than actual poly. The highs were really fun, but the lows could be devastating. When I realized that I had all these play partners, but I never felt more alone. Today, in a monogamous MS dynamic, I'm on an even keel. I know who I belong to. I know I'm enough, and I know I'm never going to go through anything alone again. Since this was my first DS dynamic, in the early days, Sir had me spend a lot of time educating myself and thinking about why I wanted to be a submissive. I started going to mass meetings and master-slave gathering. I listened and I asked questions. My first writing assignment from my sir when we started our DS relationship was why do I want to submit? This is what I wrote from that old journal entry. I want to be nurtured and protected. I want the stress relief. I don't want to make all the decisions anymore. I like the idea of someone who has my best interest at heart making all the decisions. I can be a strong, independent woman. I've done that all my life. But it is even better if I don't have to be. A lot of people know me on a surface level. I want someone to know me deeply. I want someone who knows me completely. The good, the bad, the ugly. And loves me anyway. I want to open myself up completely to someone. I've had play partners. I want more than that. I want someone who wants to own all of me, even the mundane, everyday stuff. I want someone to be proud to call me theirs. I'm not so much interested in domestic service, but feel it would be nice to serve in other ways. I have a desire to please. I want to know that however much you may hurt me during consensual play, that I'm always safe with you. To know I can trust you to protect me and only push me out of my comfort zone for my own growth. I sometimes need to be protected from myself and my negative thoughts. I need a patient master who can take things slowly with me and get to know me before trying to own me. Sir gave me a journal to write in. This is where I wrote this exercise. This journal was a safe space that I could write any concerns I had about the dynamic and even concerns about him. It was a safe space that would not be used against me. Other writing assignments I had were writing a letter to my younger self, which allowed him to get to know me on a much deeper level. He also had me write on sexual and BDSM fantasies. Then he would use those fantasies that I wrote and create scenes around those fantasies. After some time in these DS roles, and after some time learning, we slowly moved towards Master Slave or MS. Sir noticed I had slave-like tendencies before I ever did. When I initially thought of a slave, I thought about domestic service, and I wasn't interested in that. I didn't think beyond that though. And according to my Sarah, I was actually already instinctively giving service without realizing it. Someone asked me at the Master Slave Gathering if I was a slave. I said no because I was new and because I didn't think I could be a slave with my disability and my lack of interest in domestic service. She responded, you either are or you aren't. It's okay to be new and not know everything and still call yourself a slave. It took me a long time to understand that being a slave isn't all about domestic service. Domestic service is a part of our dynamic, but it's not all of it. It's important to know your limits when going into a master-slave dynamic. And throughout as your limits may change. Creating an MS contract can be helpful in ironing out what limits you want to set. Update it every year or even every six months. I'm now a slave in a 24-7 power exchange dynamic. Our dynamic does not look like others due to my disability, but it is no less valid. I am in service to my sir, Now, my sir probably does a lot more household tasks than other masters. My sir may even bring me a cup of tea or a cup of water if I need it. And some may look at that and ask, is he the slave? But my sir looks at it as he is taking care of his property. The most important part of our dynamic is that I am obedient to him. This doesn't mean that I don't get any say. He will listen and he values my input but he is the final decision maker in our relationship. Now in many vanilla relationships, couples will often fight over who has the control in different situations. For us, he leads and I follow. It is already determined. It saves us from arguing over power. This is not something I would recommend doing unless you know each other very well and establish a very high level of trust. So let me give you some examples of where he leads and I follow. He controls the money and the finances. He controls the groceries we buy and the food we eat. He's also the one who does all the grocery shopping. He orders food for me at a restaurant. Now that happened gradually. In the beginning of our dynamic, I would tell him what I wanted to eat and he would order it for me. Then, I would tell him three things I would like to eat, and he would decide which one I would have. Today, he knows me well enough that he can just order for me. He knows my preferences, likes and dislikes, and what foods I can't eat due to my belly issues. Since I have incontinency issues, he does not control my bathroom schedule. Some MS couples do that, but for me, that would not be possible. I can't even control when I have to go to the bathroom, let alone having him control it. He is in control of my orgasms. When I want to masturbate, I ask for permission. Sometimes he allows it, sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he orders me to masturbate, but not to come. Sometimes he tells me to come, three times. In my role as a slave, I want to feel useful, and I want to serve to the best of my ability. We've tried different rituals and protocols to see if they work, and we make adjustments if they don't work. There are a lot of rituals and tasks I can do from a seated position. One ritual is, during mealtime, I wait until he starts eating before I take a bite of my food. So how is daily service done in our house? I do less service tasks than other slaves. I also do tasks differently than other slaves. There are domestic tasks that he expects me to get done, but the days that they are done can change depending on my energy levels. Are you familiar with spoon theory? Spoon theory comes from the chronic illness community. It's an analogy comparing energy levels to spoons. So let's say if I have six spoons before I get exhausted for the day, I need to prioritize what i'm going to spend those spoons on so if it takes me 2 spoons to get out of bed and shower then i will have 4 spoons left for the rest of the day what am i willing to spend the rest of my spoons on there are other ways that i give service which have nothing to do with housework i often organize our social calendars and i represent our household when he is unable to attend meetings due to work I do the correspondence and I make the majority of phone calls that he doesn't want to make. I crochet and I've crocheted things for him like the scarf on the cover of this episode. As a service oriented submissive or slave, you wanna think about what skills can you offer and think outside the box. My tests can be done in altered ways. I do a lot of things in a seated position, tests like vacuuming, mopping, or cleaning the cat litter. I will sit on a stool and move the stool around. Sir doesn't necessarily care how things get done as long as they are getting done. There is a difference between being unable to do something because of my disability and not wanting to do the task or being willful. As a slave with a disability, I am very careful to not just be willful. There are some days when I don't get things done because my disability or energy levels. I don't just blow off tasks, though, because I don't feel like doing them. Sir, trust me to know that if something doesn't get done, it's because I didn't have the spoons. As a slave with a disability, it's important to focus on what I can do not what I can't do. It's important for me to be allowed to do the tasks I can physically do, and to learn new skills that I'm physically capable of. An example would be folding his clothes neatly in the way he likes. I don't get a pass on folding his clothes exactly as he likes because of my disability, because I am physically capable to do that task. Another example is when we go to an event and I get his coffee. Inevitably, someone will try to stop me and carry the coffee for me. But to me, as long as I'm able to carry the coffee cup, it's important for me to bring that coffee to my Sarah myself. I know the day may come soon when I cannot, but today I can and I want to. Sarah and I have different rituals and protocols than other MS couples. I am not able to kneel, but I can sit in front of my sir and take off his shoes at the end of the day. In the morning, he'll kiss my forehead and my cheeks while I'm making breakfast. At bedtime, at 10 o'clock, he tucks me into bed. We have some characteristics of a daddy baby girl, but I do not identify as a baby girl. In my vanilla life, people have looked down on me as if I'm a little girl, no matter how old I get. And that infuriates me. I'm a slave as I am able to be obedient and be of service. As I said, in the past I thought I couldn't be a slave because I don't do a lot of domestic service, but being a slave is so much more than that. There's no one true way to do kink or power exchange. Do what works for you in your relationship. Even if that means you identify primarily as a slave but have characteristics of a baby girl. Often for us, like I said, he'll tuck me into bed at night. He's very nurturing and I can be free with him to act silly and act childlike. But my primary role is a slave. Now, as we were developing into an MS couple My health also started to gradually decline. I was still working full time and finding myself worn out by the end of the day at work. I had no energy when I got home. I was in physical pain and I was often sick in the stomach. I would work one day, then be on my couch with ice on my back or my knee the whole day the next day. So I didn't feel real sexy. I didn't feel really useful. I was full of fear at the time that this wasn't what Sir had signed up for, that I wasn't the slave he deserved or desired. I tried to give him an out, many times. I'd say, I understand if you want to leave, this isn't what you signed up for. Sir eased my fears, not only through constant reassurance, but also through his consistency through our rituals and gradually adding new rules and protocols and making adjustments where needed. Adding these protocols and rituals made me feel loved and made me feel useful. Many of SIR's rules for me have to do with self-care. Things like taking my medications by nine and putting me to bed by 10. Now, spina bifida is not a progressive disability. However, my symptoms have increased with aging. I've always worn braces or offos on my legs. I started using crutches in college. I was supposed to use them in high school, but I refused to. Today, I'm no longer able to walk more than half a block with my crutches. I'm looking into getting a power chair so I can return to activities I used to do, like going to the mall or going to a museum. Also, my bladder and bowel issues have increased. I've always self-calfed, but now I also wear diapers or at least a pad. I have more issues with incontinence. I get Botox injections in my bladder. I also developed a prolapsed uterus. This is actually quite common for those of us with spina bifida who have uteruses, but we don't talk about it. The prolapse caused difficulty when cathing, and it caused pain during sex. So there was a two to three year period where we were not sexually active. I recently had a hysterectomy and bladder surgery to correct this. Even though we weren't sexually active, Our BDSM play helped us to maintain our intimacy. Sir learned how to do fire play, took a course, and that was one of the ways that we maintained our intimacy. I had surgery in July. I spent six weeks recovering, during which our MS dynamic shifted. The rules were suddenly changed and I wasn't allowed to move. Now, he had to make me breakfast. He had to get me dressed in the morning because I couldn't bend over. I was getting in trouble for even just the slightest movement. It was interesting because I went from someone who originally didn't appreciate giving service. But then when I wasn't allowed to, I couldn't help myself from giving service. I was like, just let me do the dishes. I have recently stopped working full-time due to my disability, and I'm in the process of starting my own at-home business, so we've increased some slave duties since I am home more now. I'm taking this opportunity to learn new skills. I've learned cooking from a fellow slave, Um, doing self-improvement. I go to 12-step meetings, and I do a lot of volunteer work. Sir still monitors my activity and pulls me back from getting involved in too many things, as I'm likely to do. Sarah has to approve or deny any volunteering I do based around my spoons, limits, and established slave duties. Because in my mind, I want to do all the things, but my body feels like I can't keep up. My Sarah recognizes this and he knows. When to pull me back from taking on too much. My Sarah has had me talk to my doctors about any BDSM play we do. Especially since I had the hysterectomy, I had to get doctors' permission before having sex again or participating in any BDSM play. Surprisingly, doctors aren't usually fated when I tell them about what we do. Doctors really have heard it all. Many of Sir's rules have to do with self-care. When he tells me to text him when I leave the house, he wants to know where I am so he can keep me safe, and I feel protected. He makes sure that I go to all my weekly meetings. Going to these meetings means I'm not home to make dinner at night, but he puts my well-being and my needs first. Everyone with a disability is different and will have different needs and limits. If you try something and it doesn't work, try something else. Communicate what your limits are and how many spoons you have. Our MS dynamic requires me to look at what my body is telling me. And it requires me to be honest, not only with sir, but with myself. In my mind, sometimes I can be in denial and I feel like I can do more than my body will physically allow me to do. I need to confront the denial. Listen to what my body is actually telling me. Part of my slave duties is taking care of my health and slowing down when I need to slow down. Sir often has to remind me to slow down. Sir and I have had to talk about what I consider the ugly side of spina bifida. The things I keep hidden from the rest of the world. The bladder and bowel issues and incontinence. I learned, though, by exposing those things about yourself that you find shameful, exposing your ugly and having someone accept you and love you anyway is really beautiful. Sir knows me very well. He goes to my doctor's appointments with me and he understands how my disability affects me. He knows when to challenge me and when to push me further. He knows when I'm just being a brat. He also knows when to step in and assist me. As issues come up, we can discuss them and he will listen to my opinions. But ultimately, he is the final decision maker. As a slave with a disability, it's important to focus on what I can do, not what I can't do. And obedience is the cornerstone of our MS dynamic. There's a quote I want to leave you with from Raven Caldera's book called Kneeling in Spirit, Disabled Submissives. While a physically disabled S-type may be limited in the amount of service they can provide, they can always provide obedience. That is my goal as a slave. Even as my health continues to decline, Even as I can no longer do tasks that I did just a few months ago, and in the future I may be able to do even less, the only thing I will always be able to provide is my obedience. Being the best slave I can means I strive to do the best self-care. I listen to my body, and I'm honest with Sir and myself. I focus on the tasks I can provide, doing them to the best of my ability. And above all else, I'm obedient to my master. He leads and I follow. At the end of every episode, I'll be posting questions for you to consider. Today's question is, If you're submissive, why do you want to submit? If you're on the left side of the slash, do the same. Why do you want to be a dominant or master? Do this in any role you may be in or considering. And share your thoughts with me at desirability.com. That's D I S I R ability.com. Thank you for joining me. Stay well. Desirability Alt. Oh was created and hosted by me, Angela Carr. Opinions expressed are from my own personal experience or that of my guests. Did you like what you heard today? Be sure to follow Desirability Alt wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, you can also find me at Desirability.com or on any social media at Desirability. That's D-I-S-I-R ability. Thank you for sharing this journey with me.